0: Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Before jumping into today's episode, I'm going to tell you about the amazing opportunity I have to work with me starting on the week of May 3rd. It's my new group program, eight weeks long and it's designed for physicians who feel full of self-doubt to the point that they're thinking about leaving their career as a physician altogether. The program is for you if you feel like your self-doubt is such a burden that you can't enjoy your job anymore. Maybe you have thoughts about leaving medicine or have tried to google ways to leave medicine similar to I did a few years ago. The program is designed to take a physician who is feeling like they can't overcome their past failures or other people's opinions of them in order to really enjoy their job. What the program includes is eight weeks of modules that is my proven process that has worked for me and my clients to take you from being full of self-doubt to our humble confidence. That's with eight weekly lessons, eight hours of coaching opportunities, and a personalized plan for you that you need in order to become the most confident version of yourself. If you are feeling stuck in your lack, of, your lack of self-confidence and you have no idea how to get confident again, you just can't seem to believe that you deserve the role of a physician that you have, but you really don't want to leave medicine if you can avoid it. I've made this program for you. So you can find out more information about the program, about all the details, the frequently asked questions, the dates of the coaching calls throughout the whole program at kristinyatesdo.com forward slash group. I know that you can feel like a confident physician. Even if you're wondering, is this really possible for me? The answer that I have for you was 100% yes. I know it's possible for you. I have the confidence that you need until you're ready to have it for yourself. Let's jump into today's episode. Dr. Jessica Metcalf is a dentist and founder of The Alchemist Dentist. She is an international speaker, coach, and dentist to oncology patients. She struggled herself with imposter phenomenon, and now she helps high-achieving and successful individuals dismantle the imposter phenomenon. Perfectionism and burnout. Hi Jessica, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. Let's dive in. Tell us uh, tell us everything about you and an imposter syndrome or phenomenon or tell us all the things. All the
1: things. Okay. So I went to Boston University for my dental school and then I returned to Toronto afterwards where I completed a one-year hospital residency program in dentistry and it specifically is treating special needs and medically compromised patients and at that time I fell in love with oral surgery and applied to oral surgery two years in a row, didn't get in and About two, three weeks later, I had the chief of dentistry from our neighboring hospital, which is where I'm at now at the Cancer Center, reached out to me and said, Well, I know you didn't get into oral surgery, but we want you here. And of course, being devastated at that point in time because I didn't get into residency, I was like, Okay, I'll have to think on it. And I then realized, Okay, this is definitely an opportunity that I want to take because what I really loved about oral surgery was. The complexity that came with it and treating the oncology patient came from that. Fast forward a couple of years, I ended up in a burnout mode where I honestly I couldn't see a way out. It was just I felt like I was in the deepest darkest hole, and I didn't know what was happening. And then I stumbled upon a reading about imposter syndrome and was like, Oh my goodness, this resonates with me. And so started to read a bit about more, then started to learn about perfectionism. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, a part of what was happening I was doing to myself. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point in time that things needed to change because I was wishing away the next 25 years of my career. And just under a year ago, that's where the alchemist dentist came to be because I realized no one was sharing their doubts their fear of failures, and then holding this all in, thinking that they're going to be found out that waiting for the shoe to drop. And so now, uh, along with sharing my story, I want to create, just like you're doing, that space to hold space for people so they can share their vulnerabilities and their challenges while at the same time knowing that this is a safe space to do it in. Mhm.
0: That's a so you and I have such similar stories. Do you did you have any inkling of that doubt or looking back now once you figured out what it was like during your training or earlier
1: on in your career? You know, it's interesting I can there's certain moments in time where I can look back and like clearly place it and one of them being I remember orientation week in dental school. And I remember walking in and the room was massive, all these circular tables, professors there, my classmates there, and I picked like the furthest table out and I sat there and I hid and I was just like, they're gonna get to my name and they're gonna think they made a mistake and they're gonna send me packing back to Canada. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. And a part of that stemmed from the fact that I was originally waitlisted. I got in a couple of months right before orientation and my own mindset and the way that i was choosing to communicate with myself is i was never going to be good enough and if i go back even further in undergrad there were those times where not getting the best grade on an exam or not or comparing myself the comparison aspect of not being able to get necessarily 100% and where i was in line or in rank. And that I just kept negatively communicating with myself over and over. There was no positives about the fact that, Oh, you did well on this one. You can use that evidence to bring into the, no, it was always, you're never good enough. Why didn't, why wasn't it better? And it played a part into where then I got to that point of wishing the next 25 years away.
0: Yeah. So what, what, what made that click for you? Or what was like the final straw or the the lesson you learned that finally made that shift for you to like work past the
1: imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the middle of an extraction and all of a sudden just like, and at this point we're not wearing full PPE it's pre COVID <laughs> and I'm sweating to the point that all I can think about is why did I get myself into this hot water? Why did I choose to do this extraction? Why I'm I'm not the greatest for this patient um, at this point in time? And I left that appointment recognizing that these thoughts kept coming up over and over for different procedures I kept psyching myself out and I thought, this is going to be exhausting because then at the end of the day, I was coming home and I was a bump on a log Mm -hmm. and that bump on a log feeling of not wanting to talk to friends or family or go out to dinner or go to events or whatever it is, even do your hobbies, all I could picture Was again the next 25, 30 years because we were so ingrained to live semester to semester, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, there's so much time in front of me, but this is how I have to spend it. So when I walked away from that procedure, I remember changing my scrubs, thinking, I'm not gonna have enough scrubs to get me through the day Mm -hmm. if this is what's gonna keep on happening. And at that point, I realized something, something has to change somewhere in the way that I continue to speak to myself needs to change. Because if my friend was sharing those exact same thoughts about themselves, I would say, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And yet it was okay for me to speak to myself like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for so many and for me too, it was um, that initial change to positive self-talk and questioning those negative beliefs. It felt awkward. So how did you reconcile that feeling of initially you're, you like did you have that feeling like oh I'm being delusional if I'm being kind to myself and how did you work past that?
1: Yeah. When I started to question myself, I'd be like but you shouldn't be questioning yourself because there's a reason why that doubt is there. And the Mm -hmm. fact that all those fears are coming to the surface. So that aspect of trying to convince myself, it was almost as if it was a waste of time Mm -hmm. because I was telling myself, okay, well, I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. And when I started to repeat it over and over, the questions on well, why do you think this way? Why are you taking yourself to that point where your butterflies are at the point where you're, it's not butterflies anymore? It's your stomach's in your throat, and you feel like at any point in time the straw is going to break the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And to get myself out of that, I would take a moment after, say, for instance, giving local anesthetic, I'd walk away, I'd close my office door, and I would take a couple deep breaths in and tell myself, okay, walk yourself through the procedure. And I'd walk myself throughout the entire procedure really quickly, but by doing that, I was answering all my questions. I was answering all the problems that I was Scared that I wouldn't be able to answer in the middle of doing the procedure itself or even conversing with the patient. That calmed me down. And by shifting that even a couple of minutes each time, I didn't feel like the weight of the world was on my shoulders anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: And you, that's really, that's the power of visualization, right? Or this guided imagery, yeah. which is scientifically proven, but in the medical field, in medical school too, like we don't talk about it and what you're doing. Yeah. And what I've done the same thing with when it comes to doing surgery
1: yeah. is
0: you form those neural pathways in your brain. And I talked about this on the podcast before, but our brains don't know the difference between what you've done for real or mm-hmm. what you're visualizing. So your brain couldn't tell the difference between you actually doing the procedure or you visualizing it. So every time you went through that, you actually got better at it Mm -hmm. and increased that confidence, which isn't. And then, so that's a really incredible skill for people to know about for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. It, the way that I love to describe this because I love the outdoors and I love hiking is your old thought pattern or your negative way of thinking is like a hiking trail. You're walking down that path, you can see the pebbles, the trees on either side. It's completely outlined for you, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to take every single time because it's so familiar and you've taken it before. To create that new neural network, we know it's possible, but you have to go bushwhacking a little bit, mm-hmm. right? You got <laughs> you've got to make sure you had your walking sticks that yes. day, you got your hiking shoes on, and that first one's really uncomfortable and it's slow but you still make it out. The next time you do it, oh, you see potentially a broken tree branch, or maybe you flagged it again, right? Mm -hmm. You get out of it. You do it again. And each single time you do it, you're creating that new thought pattern, that new neural connection. And then eventually it's so much easier to be able to walk down there. You can see that old path. It's still there. You can say hi to it, Mm
0: -hmm. but But it's overgrown a little bit.
1: It's overgrown. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love that. So yeah, yeah. totally. I love
0: that. It's such a good way to put it. I love that so much. So I want to bring, I want to go back to something you mentioned at the beginning where yeah. you had this failure of, of applying to um, a program and not getting in. And mm-hmm. I want to bring this up because we all have failures in our life and that's normal yeah. and part of it. And ultimately looking back now, it's so easy to see like, that exactly how it should have happened. And here you are helping so many other people. So I love that shift um, in what a failure really is. And that Mm -hmm. it does, failures don't necessarily mean that there's a closed door. It really does mean like you just, that's not the path for you right now. And it either means like it's gonna make you stronger or you learn something or the universe or God or whatever you believe in has something else in store for you and it's that kind of something that has really helped me recently is like everything is happening for me i don't know if you if you like that or not instead of, of a life is happening to you or for you yes. and that simple shift in belief of everything is happening for me whether it's good bad indifferent um can completely change the outlook and really improve your
1: general sense of well-being really mm-hmm. 100% at that point in time when i didn't get in it felt like my world was coming down crashing around me it felt like okay this is the end and what am i going to do now and all of those all of those potential plans that you were hoping to be now are no longer there and i was given this other opportunity and you could have taken it or you didn't have to take it and you reapply right? It's one of those where you need to just figure out what you want to do either way. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, okay, well, I've tried this. It didn't work out this time. Doesn't mean it never has to happen. Maybe in a couple of years, especially with the way dentistry is set up for residencies, you can apply later on as well, if it's something that you want to explore potential um, procedures. And so I was like, okay, well, let's go here. Because even the chief of dentistry at that time was just like, hey, if you want to be here for a year, use this as a fellowship year, and then you can reapply. And at this point, I'm like, I don't. I was struggling with the fact that someone doesn't want me again. Another school doesn't want me again, right? And I am so grateful for the fact that I was – given a choice to then make a decision. Whether I liked that decision at that point in time, regardless, I still made the decision, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fast forward, I am so grateful for that opportunity in treating oncology patients from a general dentist perspective. Case in point is, I just finished up a pre-recorded session for a Western conference in Canada where I had this outpouring response of thank you so much for providing a different perspective on what we can do from a general dentist point of view, because usually there's oral pathology. So there's the diagnosis part, and then there's potentially the complications and everything that happens afterwards. But there's a bit of a void here in general dentistry. And I was then being able to give other dentists now the opportunity to make them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So when I was at that point thinking that oral surgery didn't happen, this is the end of the road. What the heck am I going to do? You can still figure out a different way. There's always something else. You just need to figure out what you enjoy, where you want to spend your time and your energy and then figure out from there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so true. And you never know like what is in the future, I think so much, especially, uh, in, you know, health professionals. And I think that we just really, we like the idea of this path. And it's so mm-hmm. obvious, like you do these tests and you go to this school and this is what you do, but when you graduate and you have the rest of your life as an attending or whatever, and mm-hmm. that uncertainty is there. And because yeah. it's not, it's who knows what's going to happen. And it's kind of getting comfortable with that and giving yourself permission to carve out the career you want. Yes. And I think, I don't know if it's the same with dental school, but in medical school, it's not like that. No one ever really tells us any career is yeah. open to you. It's like, oh, you're going to go into <laughs> academics and you're going to do this, all these things. It's like, that's not the only way to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so true. The expectation is, is that once you're out, you either have two streams, you either become an associate or you become a business owner. And what about everything else in between? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many other options right? You could go on to specialize if that's what, but once you're there, depending how you want to even build your scope of practice, both from a specialty standpoint or from a general dentist, I think as you go into dental school, we become very streamlined thinking that there's only one or two options and then that's it. But the fact is, is that once you're out, oh my goodness, the possibilities out there are endless and you can shape your career and life the way that you want to. When I first graduated, I was working six, seven days a week. I remember some months there, I'd take two Sundays off and then that was it. And I was just so exhausted. But I thought at that point in time that this hustle mindset that I had to just keep on working in that this was the path that every young dentist took and that this is what you had to do in order to make it. And then this was the only way. But what I realized is that there's so many different ways that you can focus your scope of practice, focus how you want to live your life without thinking of the judgment that other people's Mm -hmm. thoughts are right. Because I think one thing coming out of, the dental medical culture is, is that there's that fear of judgment of someone else saying that, well, you didn't do it the right way. You didn't Mm -hmm. practice the right way. You didn't set up a practice the right way, whatever it was. But realistically, if you want to work two, three days a week and you have your other days for your hobbies, for your family, for friends, for whatever that is, and that fits you, and why not? Mm-hmm. Right. Right.
0: So now that you're starting, now that you're out here sharing this message and sharing your story, what is the, um, how have other dentists, um, received it? And are, mm-hmm. are there people starting to talk about it more? What's your, what's your experience been in the last year?
1: It's been incredible. The response because I remember when I, when I was coming out of my burnout, I would like drop little nuggets with certain people and be like, hey, I'm asking for a friend. What are your thoughts on this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it was like me trying to figure out what's happening. And now that I'm in an atmosphere or in a sphere where you're starting to share that and break down those barriers there are individuals who are coming out being like, thank you for sharing this because I thought I was so alone and I thought I was stuck. And that is the one thing I want to make very clear is that you are not alone and that if you feel stuck, we can change that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think that it's so it, hearing that from someone who's been there and who gets it, like clearly you get it, mm-hmm. I think makes someone who's in that position feel like there really is hope instead of hearing it from someone who maybe you can't relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the power of you sharing your story and talking about, you know, your failures and all the, and, and your successes and how you've shaped your career. There's power in that in the medical field because so few of us feel like we have permission to do it. So please keep doing that.
1: Oh, thank you. You too. I'm so, I remember I said this in when we were doing the live together. I remember driving to the cottage and I had the podcast up and I pulled over the car and I'm like slamming the (laughs) wheel just being like, (laughs) oh my goodness, everything she says. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to create that space where people can be vulnerable. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I do it as much for me as for anyone else. It's, and as you can probably relate to, like, it's so therapeutic to have that freedom of like just owning your stuff, like yeah. just owning your imperfections and the failures. And, um, there's a lot of freedom in that when you lose the fear of judgment and everything that you mentioned. Yeah. So I'll leave links to pay, where people can find you, but do you want to just say it so people can jot it down as they're listening, where they can find you online?
1: Definitely. So uh, on Instagram, you can check out the Alchemist Dentist or my website at www.drjessicametcalf.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me.